listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 24th of November 2021. Later, Harvey Norman sales, they are lower. So is it down from here for all those initial COVID-19 lockdown retail winners? But first, let's go to Webjet which is seeing its business turn around as global travel markets start to reopen. After burning through around $5.5 million a month in cash last financial year, it says it is now delivering $3 million a month in surplus. And it comes as New Zealand said New Zealanders in Australia can return home from January the 17th next year, provided they have a negative COVID-19 test and need to self-isolate for seven days. Of course, that was that quarantine period of 14 days earlier. So I asked earlier Webjet CEO John Gusick how he felt about that. Uh, the coming sooner bit is way above my uh, pay grade, Ricardo. That's for uh, politicians and operating a global business and you know we're in 100 different countries and selling hundreds of destinations even within country we've got multiple destination challenges so being able to provide any serious or meaningful commentary is uh is a bit trite for somebody like myself there's massive consideration for many governments to think about in that context as to the news it's awesome news for opening up uh trans tasman and enabling uh, normality to come across with our nearest neighbour. As a business owner, though, I guess it'd be frustrating when you see locally uh, various state governments with different rules. What is your message to various state governments here with with border restrictions? Uh, Being homogenous in a country like Australia would be a good start, so I'd uh, suggest that would be appropriate. Um, The sooner we get them open, the easier it is for people to travel with consistency of rules. You'll see a return to uh, the volumes that we've all had and loved about travelling in Australia, and we're a fair way away from that at the moment, notwithstanding that uh, a couple of markets are going to open up the next month. We're still uh, far from perfect at that level. Speaking of volumes, what are overall bookings like at the moment, and, and what does that say about the stage of the pandemic that we're in? Well, we operate a a global business at Webjet and uh, we're seeing volumes revert to 70% of pre-COVID level. That's a factor on a global base that reflects two things. One is our improved market share. We're we're up 50% against our competitors over that period. So we're naturally delighted with that outcome. And the second is that uh, outside of Australia and outside of New Zealand, we are seeing um, a greater propensity for travel and a less cautious approach from most consumers. People outside of Australia are desperate to get uh, to do the things that they did pre-COVID. And one of them is visiting family and friends and going on holidays and doing business trips. And all of that requires face-to-face contact. We're seeing a lot more of that. And we've seen now six months of continuous growth in our global webbeds business that demonstrates people's desire to get out of their uh, existing homes and into uh, somebody else's. Does a a fourth COVID wave, like the one we're seeing in parts of Europe and the US, is that worrying you? It hasn't impacted our bookings uh, as of yesterday. Uh, Week on week, our booking levels are up. 
And what has been pleasing is that we're seeing transatlantic travel increase dramatically since the start of the month. We see parts of Asia increasing during the course of the month. That's more than ups, that's more than offset the, uh, the downside that we're seeing in particular in Austria with the lockdown that exists there in the last uh, 48 hours. Uh, what's your message to travellers then looking to book with confidence, given that there are still some uncertainties as we go into the new year? Uh, clearly there are uncertainties. depends if they're travelling domestically or internationally. I think uh, Victoria to New South Wales, there's great clarity and a desire to keep those borders open. Beyond that, um, it does require you to take a view that uh, it's not as simple and straightforward as it has been, unfortunately. And just finally, I'd love to know a little bit more about your background. Uh, from my understanding, your father migrated to Australia from Croatia. Is there anything that you learnt from your family heritage that, I guess, helped you in the world of business? Um, you're right. Both my parents migrated from Croatia to Australia and uh, the, the, the thing that I've learnt the most is be nice to your mother and uh, you'll go far in this world. Very true. I concur. John Gusick there, the uh, CEO of Webjet. To the Australian share market now, which did fall today, the 200 down by 0.2%, 7,399. Uh, across uh, in New Zealand, the Reserve Bank there lifted official interest rates by 025 to 0.75%. For more on the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Luke Larative. He's the CEO of Seneca Financial Solutions. Luke, what's driving the market today? Uh, energy stocks are the big winner. Uh, oil and thermal coal companies are kind of up 1.5%. Uh, crude prices are up 17% over the past three months, and our ASX energy sector is only up around 10%. So today's move is probably a little bit of a catch-up trade on some of those energy stocks like Beach Petroleum, Woodside, and Santos. In terms of losers dragging us down, Technology One, uh, software and consulting business, uh, the worst performer today down 10% on the back of analyst downgrades following their FY21 results yesterday. Um, some moves on the commodity space. We've, we're seeing iron ore prices move a bit higher and the US is releasing some of its oil reserves to try to lower prices. How's all of that playing out? Yeah, I think like slowing growth in China has seen iron ore prices fall pretty dramatically sort of from 220 bucks back in July to today around 92.50. Uh, however, December is a seasonally strong period for, for iron ore shipments and some traders see value both in some of the ASX listed stocks as well as the commodity itself uh, at the current suppressed levels. For us, we expect iron ore to remain kind of sub $100 for the foreseeable future with high Chinese inventories and negative trends in some of the important factors like fixed asset investment and also housing starts in China. I think one of the um, the big stories, uh, corporate stories of the day is Harvey Norman. Shares are down on a near 9% fall in five-month sales. Is the COVID boom over for these types of companies? <laughs> yeah, in short, yes. Um, lockdowns only really gave Harvey Norman a kick along the first time around. Once you've upgraded your couch or your TV, you don't need to do it again in subsequent lockdowns. Um, I'd also argue, though, that this results sort of partially a function of poor execution. Uh, Harvey Norman sort of overinvest in their stores relative to online where there's, you know, better growth and also in their advertising strategy, you know, focusing more on traditional advertising like print media and TV relative to digital where, you know, we see higher returns. So uh, we think longer term, though, the structural trend in people spending more time and money at home is here to stay. 
Um, and, and the longer-term beneficiaries of that sort of uh, thematic are certainly going to be some of those at-home technology brands like Sonos, for example, and also the building materials sector. Over the past year, the ASX had a few outages which impacted trading. ASIC, the corporate regulator, is now imposing tighter controls on, ex- on the exchange operator. What does this mean for traders? Hopefully less blackouts. Um, however, the ASX is a monopoly business at the end of the day, and, and like all monopoly businesses, doesn't really have a huge incentive to innovate or change anything. Um, so hopefully the regulator can help not sort of hinder that process and assist the ASX in you know, improving their reliability going forward. And just finally, as we approach the end of the year, I'm keen to think or hear about what you think is the biggest corporate story of the year. Yeah, I think for me, it has to be Australia's evolving relationship with China. Uh, from the 220% export tariffs put onto wine growers to the 80% tariff put onto barley to the Prime Minister's comments around, uh, you know, the, the COVID-19 investigation, you know, arguably the relationship with China has never really been worse. Uh, you throw in the sort of second and third derivative impacts potentially from a you know collapse of Evergrande and you know the broadening impacts of um, you know a slower Chinese growth story. Um, you know it can have some serious and relevant impacts on the Australian economy. Um, so you know how that falls in the future is going to be really really interesting. Luke Flaherty there from Seneca Financial Solutions. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.